Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with our guest host again, Jack Zhao. How are you doing, Jack? Very good. It's uh, nice to be back here and talking to you, Luki. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back. And we thought we'd have a conversation on something interesting, the importance of asking questions or more specifically the right questions in there. So wondering if you can go into a little bit about why you thought this was an important topic to chat about. Yeah. So for questions, what I find today is, you know, a lot of us um, just go and do, do, do. Like, you know, we're accomplishing tasks. We have create a checklist. But sometimes I realize that it goes back to the root. Are we doing the right thing? And going back even beyond that is what is the right thing? So, um, you know, from a lot of trial and error, I realized that if I ask the wrong question, are we doing the wrong thing? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'm, I'm a little bit deviant of what I, my main goal is. And I think that's a very important thing today. And with a bunch of new technologies, we definitely have to figure out what is the right question. Yeah. And I don't think that as kids as students were necessarily taught to ask questions in this in some sense right so we if we don't know i don't know particular aspect of of math science whatever we put up our hands and ask questions about it but there are questions that are floating around in our head about like what should we doing what are we doing now are we doing the right thing as you suggested that really point us to kind of our focus areas and what's important to us so I'd love if you shared a, a story about, uh, I guess, questions or asking the right questions. I think you mentioned one as we were chatting ahead about uh, building your business and uh, wondering what questions were in your head <laughs> at the time. Oh, you know what? There's always too many questions. But I think uh, when building a business, uh, the key thing is focus. And hmm. um, uh, we're always attracted to things that's like, oh, there's growth, there's growth opportunity. And, you know, when I, uh, a lot of the time, what I find myself doing is, um, you know, my business focuses on teaching students coding, robotics, and engineering. Mm-hmm. But there's also other things that we could be doing. And if I get into that rabbit hole of, oh, I see that thing, and I start asking, <laughs> oh, what can I do to, for that to be better, which it could be, um, teaching adults to code or t- doing other, um, you know, focusing on uh, giving high school credits and a bunch of different things. Mm. I'm starting asking questions about that. And I forget to ask questions about the current business. How can I expand the current business? Have I expanded on, you know, and, you know, built a strong enough business model for the current business before I tackle the next thing? So, I think those are uh, some of the uh, mistakes that I've done in the past. And if I just step back and said, hold on, should we be even doing this? Right. It would have saved a lot of time and realized that, wait, you know what? I haven't finished my first list or I haven't even completed my first task. I should hold up on the other thing that I should do. Yeah, it speaks to the importance of having, I guess, a core mission or value or whatever you want to talk about and the people that you support. So students coding robotics and engineering. So the question that I uh, expect to be in your head is how does what we're doing help with teaching students coding robotics and engineering a little bit better, right? And if that's kind of a core question, 
then that helps with the expansion. And then the things like teaching adults, uh, high school credits or whatever, they're more kind of what I call like the, the shiny object syndrome. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Where it's yeah. like, ooh, let, let's go after that one. So uh, is that accurate in terms of like the types of questions that are that are in your head as you think about building and expanding your, your current business model? Or what could folks think about in terms of questions that they have in their head? Yeah, so... Uh, I think the, the first key thing that when I was going through this exercise, trying to say, hey, am I even going through the right uh, task here or am I doing mm -hmm. the right thing? So I always go back and say, you know, what's our core mission? And it's to inspire mm -hmm. uh, young engineers, innovators, and, and there's many ways to do it. And there's which way is the fastest and which way is the one that we know to do it well and we can expand on that the most. Uh, and the shiny object part definitely is a distraction. As you have more, uh, as you grow, there's more opportunities. And, you know, part of it is learning to say no, but also part of it before say no is, wait, is this the right thing to do? And I think that's actually really important. Does this correlate with what I can do right now? And I realized that, you know, at the end of the day, we all have limited resources and asking mm -hmm. the question is probably the fastest way to be like, or asking the slowly getting to the right question or somehow realizing um, if you were to ask the right questions, it would save just countless amount of time. And we're just so stuck in a world where let's get the answer. Um, you know, in our school days, it's not always about the question, it's about what the answer is. And we forget about that. And that's a whole yeah. structure in education where it's like, hey, um, if you get the answer, you get A+, plus, then you go to this place. But, um, you know, if we could think ahead, it's like, what can the teacher ask? Or what is the next step of my learning? Then maybe you reframe yourself and you could go a lot further. I think that's really important. For sure. And it goes back to what you said before about, is this even the right question to ask, right? Taking some time to ask that question can be super helpful. And I know for me, I struggle with like shiny object syndrome as I take a look at opportunities in my business. My business is called Focus Inspired and focus <laughs> is kind of scattered <laughs> sometimes, which is a little bit funny. Uh, but I, I, as you suggested, uh, I, I go back to, well, what is my core mission, values, principles? Who am I looking to serve? Who am I looking to help? And then I find that a, a nice test for opportunities because as you grow, there will always be more and more opportunities. The, a good test is to ask yourself if the response is either a hell yes, like absolutely, it's a once in a lifetime thing, or if it's a, uh, that's pretty cool and kind of good. Uh, then what I say, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. Right, because mm -hmm. otherwise there's too many different things to, to go after uh, and continue on. And I'd love if we shift a little bit some of the questions more internally for, for yourself as an individual. Uh, what would you say are some of the questions that dominate your thoughts like on a day-to-day -day basis? I know for me, I, I have had two which one I don't quite like <laughs> and one that I, that I actually felt was re really good about. The first one was... Uh, what do I need to do next? Right? I find myself constantly asking myself 
what do I have to do next? What am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> that sort of thing mm-hmm. is one of the dominant thoughts for me, um, which I don't quite like. But I mean, it's, it's I guess, what oh, yeah, has yeah. been habitually put in there. Oh, yeah. But the other question that I do like is, how can I help? Right. So usually when I connect with someone, uh, I'm often heard saying, like, how can I help? How can I help with that? Right. So that I like about myself. So those are kind of my two most dominant questions that I find. What about for you? Are, are there questions that kind of dominate your, your brain <laughs> as you go throughout the day, Jack? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think the, the first one uh, that I was is very similar to you and like what to do next. I always try to say, okay, there's a lot of tasks. My to-do list goes longer and longer. Which one's the <laughs> priority? That's like, it's very similar to what um, yours is what to do next. And sometimes I get to a dilemma. It's like, oh, is this a priority? Or wait, no, that's more important. And uh, I find um, there's this quadrant uh, example that I always follow creating a framework there's and it's very hard to do this um, the first one is you know things that is really urgent but not important hmm. things that's really urgent and important um, and things that are not important uh, and urgent I think but like <laughs> oh, I'm losing track and there's another one where it's just not important and not urgent yeah so like and it's and it goes down to um, really, and I find the, the the issue that I always get into is I always do the ones that are urgent, whether it's important mm. or not, and the, the ones that are hard to do is the ones that are important but not like right away urgent. You got to do it now, but like it's, so, and those are the ones that becomes really important, but it takes a long time to do. So, and I think that's where it comes down to. You know, asking the right questions like, wait, okay, should I really do this now? I have some time or, okay, that's urgent, but when am I going to do this? That's one question in terms of prioritizing. Uh, Mm -hmm. The other one is something I always do with my team is, you know, what are the edge cases? What can go wrong? Mm. Uh, and, And when I find that, I ask them, what are the edge cases? A lot of the team members, you know, they have deliverables and they already set, you know, what they have to focus on the project. When I say what can go wrong or the edge cases, they really go through that, like, they might not be programmers, but they go through the whole list or they go through the whole, like, envision the whole project. And where are the critical points or where are the things that can happen that we should have a prevention for? Uh, and at a, in a classroom, those are important for teachers. Like, what can go wrong? Where are the edge cases? What if those two kids get into fight? How should I plan <laughs> out the seating? And there's a bunch of operational parts that are all important you know, on top of teaching students to code and motivate them. So I think those are my two top ones. <laughs> Yeah, I think that goes back to kind of classical time management about that box of urgent and important, that that, that spectrum. Yeah. And a helpful question to ask with any task is, is it important? Or uh, that's the key one. And the answer should be yes, right, Uh, for anything that you do. Um, And another one is, do I have to do it, right? Because sometimes you can delegate, you can give it to someone else, you can outsource it. And another question is, do I have to do it now, right? Mm, So that's that's another one. Because I find that, to your point about the urgent things, it's like, sure, someone asks you to do it, but could it wait a half hour? Could it wait an hour? Could it wait a day? Because oftentimes that allows you more time to do that important stuff versus 
the other bits. And I like what you said about the edge cases, because it's obviously great to think about what could go well, but you want to think about, well, what could go wrong and how do you like cap your downside as a lot of finance professionals suggest, right? Yeah. Uh, it's less about the, the, the gain and more about making sure that you're uh, not catastrophically <laughs> downwards, that sort of thing. Um, so I think that's really helpful. And then because people have a variety of different interests or different perspectives, then it's, it's good to brainstorm because it's not just from your perspective, it's others. And then co collectively, it can be a much better uh, solution. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Oh, the amount of times I tell you where like, you know, I, I thought like, oh, I thought of all the edge cases yeah. and I asked my team, oh, <laughs> what are the edge cases? And then they bring up like 10. I'm like, wait, those are all important. Okay, let's, let's cover those. <laughs> let's make sure our project has that. And you know what? That is also a good way to find out who is really critically thinking about this and mm. how deep they're going to make sure the whole project goes well. <laughs> Yeah. And I wanted to touch on the concept of empowering questions because not all questions are created equal, right? Because you could ask the question of what do I need to do next, right? Which is what I mentioned is quite common for me uh, versus asking a slightly different question as uh, what would be most beneficial for me to do next, right? Sounds like the same thing, but it's a little bit different because now you're prioritizing uh, in that uh, situation and coming up with, with those. Uh, I'm wondering if, if you have any empowering questions or questions that you ask differently now than you used to ask them uh, that, that, that you might be able to share. So I think the, the biggest thing is, is uh, for the questions that I used to ask now, um, I used to be very uh, hesitant. And at the, like maybe I would do something. And then I'll ask my manager, it's like, is this okay? Or I'm guessing, or I guess this is fine. What do you think? And I mm -hmm. think those are not, uh, those are questions that I stopped doing. Uh, hmm. And that the reason why is because, well, one is as much we second guess ourselves, uh, the more we say it that way, the more we framed or try to ask these type of questions, it doesn't build confidence uh, with others when building a project. And I think we could be uh, wrong at doing something. But if we, we trust in the process of asking a bunch of other questions to get to there, then it shouldn't be, oh, I guess this is okay. What do you think? Kind of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. in, it, in, by not asking those type of questions, it makes it much better for the other person or who you're working with. And in terms of empowering questions, uh, I try to always suggest and I would say, here are some things that I'm thinking about. And then uh, I would ask them, give me some more ideas. Mm -hmm. And what I find is it opens up someone's idea, well, opens up someone's mind to be, oh, there are other possibilities. Or this is what Jack is thinking, but what else can I think more? And, and then they'll come back to me. And a lot of the time where I started doing right now is I would give them a question. And I would say, mm -hmm. don't tell me the answer now because you're not forced to. Come back to me tomorrow and think about this. Because yeah. what I find, uh, and I follow a, a lot of my uh, previous um, approaches when it comes to coding, um, is you don't always get the answer right away. 
you sleep mm. on it, you come back, and then you get the answer, and there's aha moments. And there are certain questions that you ask, or there's certain things, like really key things, specific for your project, that you ask that you know, you should, don't give me the answer right now. If you give me the answer, it might not be the right thing to do. And yeah. some, so there is like those type of questions where you could delay it. And I think that's really powerful. And I guess it is something that it is related to, I mean, you sleep on it. Literally, you sleep mm. on it, you brain process it, you come back, you, you will have a much better say. And this also yeah. sees if that person or yourself really actively thought about it overnight. And yeah. if they haven't, they give you the same answer that they were going to give you anyways. When you ask it right away, then they haven't thought about it deep enough. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's challenging nowadays because our current society rewards people who can like think on think on their feet, right, and come up with an answer. I mean, in an interview question, right, like you have to come up with something on the spot right away. Oh yeah. But if you think of most work, it's you don't have to come up with an answer right away. You go away, sleep on it, work on it a little bit, then you come up with three or four different options and possibilities. But unfortunately, the way things are, are, are scheduled or, or, or set up then the uh, on the spot, the person who can think on their feet, they tend to be awarded. So I think you, you mentioned an important point where sometimes the right answer is, uh, can I think about it a bit? And can I take this away and uh, have an opportunity to sleep on it or, or what have you so that I might be able to get you an even better answer tomorrow, next week versus right on the spot, which would probably be just what I say uh, in, in terms of, uh, I don't know, what I said yesterday, that sort of thing. So I think that's uh, important. And allowing folks that work with you to have that opportunity uh, is definitely something that is helpful as well. Um, I'm wondering if you could share a few important questions that if you had, let's say, like a, a post-it note that you could send back in time to young Jack in <laughs> maybe early in your career, in university, in high school, what would you feel are some important questions uh, to consider? So, so for me, uh, it goes back to my um, career success approach where I basically say what, why, and how. So what do you want to do in your career, in your life? So I feel that that's a very important thing some, for someone to ask themselves, even when you're young, right? And the, the goal is not to have a crystal clear picture, but at least to start to know where you want to explore. And once you start having that, then why do you want to get it? And then the last question of, of how, well, there's an infinite number of hows depending on, on those two. So to me, those are very important questions to, to ask and consider. Uh, what what are some questions that you'd want to sh send to to young Jack or the young Jacks that are listening? <laughs> um, what are some questions that that you feel are important for them to consider? Yeah, so um, going back to my school days, uh, and this is this could be back in high school or university, and I find myself really aiming to get the answer right, and I mm -hmm. would have a lot of my questions saying, "Oh, what is that?" or you know, "What what does that do?" or "What does this do?" Those are the, and whatever that concept may be, right? Whether it's algebra or something. But what I find I should have done is why is this important? Mm. How can I apply it? Because when I realized that today, uh, when we we're making a robot move in a curve, I'm like, wait a second. Oh, I should have paid much more attention to optimization, another linear algebra concepts, derivatives. 
instead of just cramming in for the exam and getting the, you know, getting the answer to it. And that might sound easy, but a lot of the time, when you just want to get the homework done, when you want to get the assignment done, and you want to see a nice A plus, that's all you focus on. You're like, what is the answer right. to this specific question? So, I think focus on more of the hows and why. Why is this important? And it is. I, I find myself now asking because time gets faster as you get older, and I start asking why is this important way more. Because if I could mm-hmm. be learning so many more things, I spend that one hour. And if I learn the wrong thing that is uh, not helpful or not relevant, uh, I would almost feel like I just wasted time. And <laughs> that's why I think, uh, why is it important? And um, how can I apply this is a much stronger than ever before. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I think that's a strong message to all students out there where the typical uh, perspective is to get the grade, get the 90, get the A, get the whatever. Uh, But did you actually understand why it's important, how you can apply it? Why is it relevant in in, uh, a future job, future role in in the universe as as a whole? Uh, So I think that's an important call out that you have where why is this important to me? And, and maybe like, how can it be applied? So both, again, the, the why and the how questions uh, are, are super important because I often encourage folks to learn for understanding versus the grade. Because the unfortunate thing is, again, the school system is set up where you have one shot <laughs> to prove whether you know it or not. Uh, but it's oftentimes the people who make the mistake and didn't get that aid that can go back and say, okay, why didn't I understand it? They often learn it more or learn it better than someone who was able to come up with it right away. And in the working world, again, it's not that you always do one thing and it works off the bat. No, there's test, 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 trial and error. And that's often how the, the real world works. So uh, it, it, it's better to go through that route than, than not. Oh, to- I'm, I'm wondering if you... Totally. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I, what I find that if we, if I just ask more whys and hows, it actually is a mm. self-motivator to be like, mm-hmm. if I realize that this is important and I realize, holy cow, I could apply this to X, Y, Z and build a rocket. I would be much more motivated to learn this, whereas sure. I'm just trying to get the answer. And I think that's also the question itself sometimes is a double meaning where it's a question to motivate yourself once you find out why to so that you can continue to work on this and you also learn it better because every time you're like oh okay here's how i apply it you're probably Mm -hmm. tracing through other applications and as you trace through like when you do really do that one question you're thinking about five other ways to use this knowledge that you just learned so I think it's really, uh, it's very impactful uh, and it makes your learning way more efficient. Sounds good. And definitely important questions. And, and one thing that I want to chat a little bit about are uh, chat GPT, right? So it might not seem related, but I think is is very related because more and more people are getting on the AI bandwagon and are asking questions to the AI. Um, and for some folks, you, you ask a not a great question, it gives you a not a great answer. But if you're able to ask better questions, then you get 
better answers. So I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about the, the importance of questions to something like, like chat GPT and, and uh, asking better questions uh, to, to, let's say, an AI or machine learning. What, what has been your experience with, with using that sort of technology and, and the importance of questions in, in that regard? Uh, yeah, uh, we, because we always get students to ask questions to us, uh, we try to filter through and say, okay, here's a better way of asking questions. Now, with mm. ChatGPT, what I find is, you know, if it's more like as students code it, if they know how to ask the questions or if they know what the question is, they, uh, they've already got to the, um, like, they could get to the solution themselves. Because okay. what happened is a lot of the time is if you're building something, something's wrong it gives you an error message or you have an incorrect answer you don't know uh, what's wrong with it and yes in a lot of questions today you copy and paste that might get you the right <laughs> answer because google says oh we see something similar or right but i think uh, with chat gpt it can hallucinate and give you the completely wrong thing and you still <laughs> don't know if it's correct or not so you still have to verify it but by you asking the right question, getting and you could do a lot of things uh, in terms of prompt engineering. But when you do these things, you kind of train yourself to say, before I even get to the answer, what are the questions I should be asking? And mm. you know, you go through these steps, or how can I make sure ChatGPT gave me the correct answer? Well, maybe I need to provide more examples to ChatGPT of what I'm looking for. And right. you kind of zoom in to what you are looking for. And that whole process, maybe you're like, wait a second, I've already got the answer. I might not need ChatGPT. Chat or, um, you know, you can also think about, you know, as you go through in more deeper layers, you start, you get ChatGPT to give you answers that you haven't expected that are still meaningful to you. Mm -hmm. And... A lot of students today use the ChatGPT in the wrong way where they copy and paste a question. But I think right. I tend to think about is, well, if you ask ChatGPT, provide more examples, and you show ChatGPT how you solve certain things in other ways, it will give you a better question or give you, oh, sorry, it will give you a better answer. And this is actually yeah. um, a whole uh, uh, a whole skill set that they have now called you know prompt engineering, where how mm -hmm. can you get ChatGPT to get to the answer? Because maybe ChatGPT already knows the answer, or it definitely has something in their repository, but you asking the wrong thing, it's going to scatter its thought everywhere. It's going to take a lot more computing power, and it gives you a less probabilistic answer that you need. But if you are able to hone down and zoom in, it will give you a much better answer. So I think uh, it's how, how well you sharpen your question uh, uh, skills such that you really get the, uh, what you want out of it. And it's a totally different experience. And it's another skill, definitely, to get better at with ChatGPT and BARD. Yeah, that's probably a whole episode on its own yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but i like what you said about and it goes back to what you said before where really you can use something like chat gpt not just to get the answer because that's the easy part like then basically chat gpt replaces you right but if you get chat gpt to help you with understanding how it got to the answer and help you internalize it that will be helpful uh i was chatting with someone that uh 
AI and ChatGPT won't replace you, but someone who knows how to use ChatGPT and AI will replace you. Oh, that's a good way to say it. <laughs> Be- yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's the AI can only do so much, but someone who can leverage AI and its true power will be able to do way more than an individual person. And as you said, it is going to be a skill and uh, being able to untap that skill. But it also has to be validated because just because ChatGPT says so doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> so yeah. you have to uh, assess assess that as well. So again, another interesting uh, skill set to develop. And I'm wondering as we close off this episode, if you share a few of your favorite questions or maybe important questions. I know you've said a couple of them before, but uh, are there any that you want to kind of dive into or, or highlight as important questions for folks to ask themselves? Yeah, uh, I think there's a few type of questions where it's like very high level. And those Mm -hmm. are the type of questions that you want to think about and sleep on it. So I'll categorize into the. And then the other question is more of the specific type where you really have to, you know, for your specific um, projects and deliverables. And those are both important, but you can't be. Um, tilted to one way because if you're asking two specific questions you forget what the main goal was and that's what i find myself where it's got to be balanced so from Mm -hmm. a high level perspective i know i talked about you know how how is this uh going to be applied or why is this important but i think essentially it really means that okay we all need to create a vision for ourselves and what we Mm -hmm. like to be in the future so we know that this is the, from point A to point B. Uh, and that point B, I constantly ask myself, okay, is this still my point B? As in, and then if it is, how do I get to there? Hmm. And I find that as we do daily grind and go through work, we forget to ask the question, is, is, that, is that still our goal? And mm-hmm. if it isn't, okay, I got to change my goal. What is the next goal? And I think those are the... Uh, from a very high level perspective to think about. And the, the other key thing is, you know, you might have to set a time for yourself. Some people could think about constantly every night before they sleep. Some people is just grinding through. It's like, I got to get my next deliverable, next deliverable. The, maybe, another important question is, when am I going to think about that? Because mm. people don't okay. actually, some people say they're going to think about it, but they really, they never do. But if you t- ask yourself, okay, I have to think about it at this time. And majority of the people think about it once a year. And I don't think that's enough. And it's like, oh, beginning <laughs> of the year, let's, let's make my resolution. Then you start thinking about it backwards. Right. But I think the f- asking the right frequency or asking the question to get yourself to understand what is the frequency is important. And it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it depends mm-hmm. on your job, depends on your career and you know, what you do. But you have to ask when is that frequency? So that's from the high level. Now, for this specific one, um, I find is a lot of the time for like day-to-day grind to work, it's a lot of the critical thinking questions. And it's more about uh, very similar to what I said earlier, like what are the edge cases? Have I thought of all the different scenarios that are critical to my project? What are mm-hmm. the critical things that I need to think about to make it successful? And this is the one... Um, specific thing that you're working on. And this could be like, you know, this one-week project, two-month project, whatever that may be. But it's a little bit of those quick, uh, short-term things, and the other one is a high level. And I think the hardest thing is just a balance between the two. 
And I've seen people that always talk to me about the high level, but we haven't talked about the specific thing. And I've seen some people that talk about specific thing. I'm like, you got to ask the high level question. Is that even actually where you want to do or what you want to do? And you know, those kind of things. Um, and it's just really hard. It's definitely not easy to do, but I think think of yourself to balance between that tipping scale between those type of questions and the other type of questions. For sure. All very important. And, and I think you, you mentioned a bunch before. I like what you said about when am I going to think about it? It's very important because we all have this like massive to-do list or the a lot of important things, but because they're not urgent, then when will we ever do that? So for folks that want to take, I don't know, every season, every month, every quarter or whatever, and allocate some time to think about it and actually do stuff just uh, ahead of like the New Year's resolutions, I think that's super important. And then as you talk to uh, about the specific questions, like what are the critical things, call it the 80-20 the rule, like what is the 20% of the stuff that has the 80% results, uh, is it in that area, then you want to make sure that you focus on that. Um, one question that, that I wanted to, to, to share, which I found super helpful, it's a quite simple one, and I guess it goes more on the specific scenarios versus the high level, but it's a question that, it's basically simple, like, so what? Now what? And, and what that is, is when something happens to you, right, it can either be the most catastrophic thing ever, or it could be the most beneficial thing to kind of leap you forward. So uh, whatever happened, now what? What do you want to do with it? And, and how do you want to move forward? I think that's very, very helpful. So what's the way forward? Um, what's right about this? How could this serve you? Those types of questions can be super important. And uh, yeah, Jack, so, so thanks so much for having the conversation on questions. Uh, are there any, any parting words that you have for folks that, that are interested in asking questions, asking the right questions uh, as we end the podcast? Uh, in, in terms of parting words, I think it's questions as a continuous uh, journey of its own. Uh, and yeah. you will never, as you meet someone, they will always, well, you will learn better questions because you know, everyone has an ammunition of key questions that they ask. And what I find is uh, asking other people, hey, what are some important questions that you usually ask? And then you add it to mm -hmm. your, yourself in your repository and you're like, wait a second. Yeah, I haven't thought about those type of questions. So mm -hmm. as much as it is to collect knowledge and collect facts and collect answers, go and collect questions. Because the more experience of you collecting questions, you know when to ask this type of question, when to ask that type of question. And it's funny, it, this goes into uh, interview preps. If you know what questions mm -hmm. the interviewer is going to ask, you get a lot better answer. You'll be a lot more prepared. But then all of a sudden, if you have like a repository of all these questions that the interviewer asks, then you're ready. You're like, give me whatever question. I've prepped all that. Um, it's a similar example, but in a more bigger scope because yeah. you need to apply it to a lot of things that you do, whatever work that might be, because it's not just the interview as well. Yeah, so I would say collect questions and put an importance on collecting questions. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So folks out there, go and actually pay attention to the questions that you ask yourself and, and make sure to go out and collect questions and collect better questions, I think is important. So. Thanks so much, Jack, for sharing uh, your insights and, and having this conversation on the importance of asking the right questions. And hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode. Of course. I'll be so excited to be back, as always. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Swike. 
Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.